When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome back everyone. Thank you for joining me on this new episode of my podcast where we're going to be talking a little bit about drama recommendations. Recommendations that I have for you that you can check out on Netflix. So this idea actually came to me from a friend of mine who's not new to dramas, but isn't also an avid K-drama watcher herself. But she did say, you know, as someone, you know, maybe wanting to get into Korean dramas or K-dramas and having the access of Netflix now that has a lot of K-dramas on it, what would be some recommendations that I would have for someone who can just jump into a new drama on Netflix? What would be that drama? That, you, that I would recommend. So I thought that would be a good idea, you know, to give a K-drama recommendation list based off of things that are accessible just to anyone on Netflix currently. And as you may know, Netflix kind of rotates things in and out. Um, some, as, as far as I can remember, I believe there are some, you know, K-dramas that used to be on Netflix, but however, are no longer on Netflix. So I don't know if these dramas that I'm going to be giving you in this recommendation list are going to be, you know, swapped out at some point (laughs) for another K-drama, but I still am going to list them as of today um, in February of 2021. These are currently all on Netflix. So if you are jumping into it now, you should be able to watch any of these. Um, How this list is going to work is that it's actually a long list. I took a look at all the K-dramas on Netflix currently and I didn't realize that they, were, they had so many, <laughs> gonna be honest with you. So I made a list of, you know, ones that I would recommend to new K-drama watchers. However, because the list was so long, I decided that I was gonna have to break this up into a couple parts. Um, so but about three different episodes. And I think that should be fine um, because, you know, hey, this is, this is a lot of information. So I don't wanna put it all in one. But yeah, I'm gonna probably go over about, I think 11, um, because some of them are um, series or spinoffs of each other. So I'm going to probably look at around 11 K-dramas that are currently on Netflix. And um, before I do that, I want to give you a little bit of history with, you know, Lola and Netflix <laughs> and K-dramas. So if you are coming to, is this, if this is your first episode of my podcast, um, then you may not know how I journeyed into Korean dramas and enjoying Korean dramas and loving K-dramas. So you may not know that history, but if you go back a couple episodes of my podcast, I did do a journey into K-drama land um, episode, which kind of tells you how this all began for me. However, I am going to touch a little bit on that history when I tell you a little bit about how I feel about Netflix and Korean dramas. So I do have a love-hate relationship with Netflix and it has a lot to do with 
Korean dramas. So in my or older episode when I discussed um, my history with Korean dramas, I did let you all know there that I was an avid movie watcher. I loved films, uh, specifically Hong Kong cinema, <laughs> but I loved films and movies over, you know, just generally. And so when Netflix was a new thing, um, I even, let me say this, in my other episode when I talked about my history, I mentioned that I was an avid goer to um, a local rental, you know, video rental store in the States, which was Blockbuster at the time. And there was one before that, but that one was long gone. So I didn't even name that one. But Blockbuster was, I was an avid goer of Blockbuster. I even used to work at Blockbuster at one point. So, you know, that was a thing for me. But I also was quite up to date with, um, I don't want to say up to date. When when Netflix was brand new on the scene and it started off as, you know, a, a kind of rental thing where they would literally ship you to your home, the DVDs that you wanted to watch. That was what um, Netflix was in the very beginning. And I was signed up for Netflix the minute it started. The minute it came onto the scene, I was a customer of Netflix. So, because I enjoyed renting movies, I loved watching movies. They had a lot of, you know, unique things on there that you can, you know, get rented out. And it was pretty cool because it was like a subscription. So you can have it coming to you, you know, and just choose how many you wanted and the, the different plans, but whatever. So that's how Netflix used to be. And so I was, you know, as soon as Netflix started, I think I probably in that same year signed up for Netflix. And so I love Netflix. So the, the moral of this is that I love Netflix. I supported Netflix from its very, very beginnings, uh, very early beginnings. I love Netflix. So I don't want you to think this is me bashing Netflix. However, (laughs) back in the day when I was a part of a lot of the, you know, K-drama subbing communities where back then you had to basically find English subs for your Korean dramas or Japanese dramas or whatever, you know, dramas you were watching at the time, you had to basically find them. And there were a lot of different subbing communities that were so gracious to provide those English subtitles and they provided it in different languages as well it was it was great so um being a part of that you kind of just you know we're always up on the forums reading things about you know what were you know the happenings in k-drama world um and I remember there was this kind of like um petition going around that you know I remember a lot of people saying hey we should start, you know, pressing Netflix to start supporting getting K-dramas on their site. And I thought that was unique. And I thought, hey, yeah, that'd be great because then you will have more access to them. And, you know, I just thought it was a great idea. So back then I would feel we it had a, like a little online form you could fill out for like suggestions for Netflix. And I remember we were supposed to be spamming Netflix with these, you know, this, this plea to get K-dramas um, and make K-dramas accessible through Netflix. So we were, you know, spamming them and I took part of the spamming. Um, sorry, Netflix, but I did. And I, you know, because I fully supported that. I was like, yes, we need K-dramas on Netflix. And this was early, this is pretty, pretty early on. So this is not something that, this was years before Netflix actually got its first K-drama on um, on the site. So, you know, I 
supported that at one point. I supported K-dramas on Netflix. So this is the that point. However, <laughs> you know, that nothing came from that. It, there was there was no K-dramas that showed up after our protesting and our, you know, our petitioning Netflix to get um K-dramas on there. Nothing came to came of that. So like every other K-drama watcher back then, I found other ways to watch K-dramas and there were a lot of different ways. I may not disclose all of the ways, as in I'm not sure if I legally can't, <laughs> but there were other ways. And, um, you know, that was a thing. But then there were, you know, we ways that um, were quite legal. And it was Drama Fever. It was an online streaming website, literally in the name Drama Fever. It had K-dramas. It had, you know, other, you know, Asian dramas on there as well, but the majority of them were Korean dramas. And they, and this is where my kind of love-hate relationship with Netflix really began um, with, you know, Korean dramas because <laughs> Drama Fever was the, <laughs> the go-to for streaming dramas um, and that it was legal <laughs> And they had some of the, you know, the newer ones, they had exclusive contracts and deals with some of these dramas. So only they were the ones, they were the only site that could have access to them. And so, you know, we were seeing things on there that, you know, you would not see on any other kind of streaming service because, you know, Drama Fever had it. They had award ceremonies. So you had exclusive content from the actors in these dramas. It was, it was amazing. It was great. I thoroughly, um, supported Drama Fever. I paid for a monthly subscription for Drama Fever. I mean, for years. And then one day logging in, trying to go watch some dramas on Drama Fever, there was no Drama Fever site to be found. <laughs> All that was there, um, unfortunately, was um, like a, you know, a page that had a short description um, that said, you know, thank you guys for supporting us all these years. And I think it was nine years at the time that they had been up. And, and they were like, you know, thank you for supporting us. And we were so happy to provide that con- this content for you. However, um, we're going to have to, drama fever no longer exists. <laughs> and we were so confused. I was so confused. And so of course I went on the hunt to figure out Where's Drama Fever? What happened? And apparently Drama Fever was shut down by Warner Brothers who um, did have stock in them and basically had, I think, bought them at some point throughout their time and just closed them down. And then, you know, digging a little bit deeper to find out like, why would Warner Brothers do that? Um, it, It appeared at the time and it may or may not be true. So I don't want anyone to think I'm saying this as fact, but it did appear that the problem was with licensing, licensing, um, I think it's licensing, um, deals where licensing, why can I pronounce that? Well, you know, when basically the contracts that Jumma Fever were, you know, going into deals with these other Korean TV networks, like, you know, SBS and KBS and NBC, you know, they were, able to have the rights to airing and streaming their, you know, dramas. And 
at some point that got a little too expensive for Drama Fever or Warner, Warner Brothers. And thus, in time, it looked like Netflix um, was basically beating them to the punch, the punch at that time. Because I think this was when Netflix was deciding that they wanted K-dramas on, you know, on their site. And they were willing to spend a little bit more, <laughs> obviously, because they had more money for SBS um, dramas or KBS dramas. And so they were beating Drama Fever to the punch. And Drama Fever couldn't keep up with that demand, um, their pricing for the license to, you know, air these K-dramas anymore. So they had to close down. So after seeing that, I was, I was livid. <laughs> I was like, I, and this is coming from someone who had Netflix, has always had Netflix, had no issue watching things on Netflix. But when it came to, the, you know, what Drama Fever stood for, what it did for me throughout the time when no one else was doing it, you know, it was, it was like, a, I took it personally, I'm going to be honest. And I was, you know, upset. And then I also knew this was during the time when Netflix were doing Netflix originals. They were making their own original content, movies, TV shows. And, you know, that was a thing they were supporting, they were doing because a lot of other, you know, movies and, you know, companies were pulling their stuff from Netflix. So they were like, we, well, we're going to have our own things. And, you know, that was fine. I supported that. That was great. That was wonderful. However, I could I felt it I was like oh this is what's happening they basically want to make their own k-dramas and you know they're pulling people to Netflix their site to watch k-dramas so when they produce their own original Netflix um, dramas you know you're already there ready to consume them and that's exactly what they've done and that's exactly what they're doing and and it is the way of the, the future so you know that was something I did not um, I didn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of when it, when it happened, I'm going to be honest with you. So that's where I would say there's that love hate with me and Netflix. Um, I just felt, <laughs> you know, personally attacked when they, you know, when drama fever went down and I, you know, blamed a lot of it on Netflix and maybe I shouldn't have, um, but it, it's the thing that happened. However, Netflix now has K-dramas, has had K-dramas on their site for years now. Um, since the, the fall of Drama Fever, they have, you know, their own original dramas. That is a thing. So I've gotten used to that. <laughs> it's not something I, you know, have any problems with anymore. But I will say that I could see me personally a difference in you know the types of dramas that are Netflix originals versus you know just dramas that aren't and some of them I can tell um most of them majority of them are aimed at you know reaching and touching international audiences that is a thing that I I think those Netflix um, original K-dramas are, are there to do. You know, I think they are appealing to the international gaze. And so there's a little, there's a, a little tinge of something there that's underlying to all of these Netflix original K-dramas where I just, it just feels a little, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels a little overproduced for me. And not saying that, you know, K-dramas that are not Netflix original are not, you know, high, you know, highly produced. That's absolutely not true. I just feel like it's overproduced, if that makes sense. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's some subject matters and, you know, 
things that they've done to, you know, some of their characters that you can tell is just to appeal uh, to international gazes. And, um, and that's okay. That's fine. Absolutely fine. I know what, you know, they need to do that. Why they need to do that. It's absolutely fine. So I'm not the biggest fan of Netflix original K-dramas. I don't have a ton of them that I will be recommending in this um, recommendation list. A lot of these are dramas that were aired, you know, without, that are not Netflix originals and that just so happen to be now um, available to watch on Netflix. I will at some point list, I think my part three will be actual Netflix originals um, that everyone may want to check out that have good reviews, um, some that I personally have enjoyed, um, not many of them, but most of you, some of them I have enjoyed. Um, and so I will share those with you as well, but I didn't want anyone to think that I was being, um, harsh or, you know, like talking bad about Netflix originals. So when you realize that I don't have a lot on my list, it's just that I, they're just not, there's, they're newer. There's not many, as many of them. And, um, you know, there's a little something to them that I, you know, that I don't really like that much. <laughs> not to say that there aren't a few good ones there are a few good ones, but I'm going to still recommend, um, them, some of them, even if I don't personally find them to be my favorite. So don't, don't get me wrong. Um, and also a lot of the ones that I'm, you know, I'm listing on this kind of, K-dramas you can, you know, get started on, on Netflix. I personally have watched, uh, not all of them I would say are my favorite dramas. I'm going to be honest with you, but there are a few that I absolutely love, will highly recommend 10 out of 10. Um, but there are a few that I was like, yeah, I watched it. It was okay. You know, and it is what it is. But what I do like to, to always say to people who, you know, I have conversations with who don't watch K-dramas. I do, you know, think people should look at it as in there is something that makes K-dramas K-dramas. However, just like anything else anyone watches or consumes, um, you know, media-wise or, you know, reading a book, you have your, you know, things that you enjoy and that are personalized to you, things that you um seek out when you consume that entertainment of whatever kind it may be. So I don't think everyone should like all the same K-dramas by any means, you know, just like music, just like, you know, other movies and, you know, like I said, books. So the things on this list may not have been my favorite drama by any means, but they could definitely be someone else's favorite drama. So at no point do I ever really want to say I'm talking down or bad about a drama. It's just that for me personally, it wasn't my cup of tea and that should be fine. Right. And again, these are all dramas that I personally recommend for someone, even if it's not for me or not for you, it may be for someone else and they may find something in that drama that they thoroughly enjoy and love. So their recommendations for someone, um, all of them again, are recommendations for someone who wants to start watching gay dramas. <laughs> so when I go through this list, I'm going to give you a little bit about the drama that I'm recommending. Not much, because again, I want to keep these short, these episodes short and sweet. I'm going to give you a little bit about the dramas. Maybe if it's one that I thoroughly enjoyed or did not thoroughly enjoy, I will give you my opinion. Um, but again, my opinion is just my opinion. Um, but underlying, please note, 
I recommend these. Okay, that's the whole point. I still recommend these. So let's get started. Um, so like I said, I'm going to be listing about, um, 11 dramas. Two of them, um, are branches are like spinoffs of, of an, you know, original of uh, one drama. So I'm going to count them as individual, but not really. So you could just hang in there, bear with me. We'll get through these together. And like I said, we'll come, um, to the next, next portion of this list in another episode. So let's get started. Um, a lot of these, when I was looking at Netflix, I kind of searched them by like time, like dates. So these are probably, you know, in some kind of order based off of how I was finding them on Netflix, but they're in no particular order for me personally, if that makes sense. And they also are in alphabetical order. So <laughs> that's another thing I just wanted to note. Um, but yes, let's start with the first recommendation. And it's going to be, um, it has to be Boys Over Flowers, hands down. Gotta recommend Boys Over Flowers for a kind of jumping into K-drama watching experience. This is an older drama around 2009, um, so it's not brand new, but I always, I do recommend older dramas to new K-drama watchers because there is like a history um, and just like something like a cultural tie with some of these bigger, really popular dramas from the past. So in time, you might watch a drama or, you know, watch, you know, hear someone reference something in a K variety show or even, you know, your K favorite K-pop group. And they may be referencing some of these characters or scenes from, you know, one of these older dramas. So I always say, you know, it's kind of good to know or, you know, a little bit about these dramas, even if you don't love them. It's nice to go back and just to kind of get that um, drama history. <laughs> but yes, Boys Over Flowers is an OG drama um, in K-drama. It is based off of a Japanese, um, I think, book, movie, turned drama. I mean, it's Boys Over Flowers has been around the block when it comes to... Um, adaptations across different countries so it is very popular to say the least um but it has some of your biggest stars in there um Lee Min Ho, Kim Bum so you know just great actors who may not have done their best in that drama per se but in you know since then they are known to be wonderful actors and have done wonderful things after Boys Over Flowers and um, the premise of this is basically um, a group of wealthy um, guys in this really popular, um, I'm sorry, really rich high school um, formed this group called F4, and they are known to be super handsome. They're all, you know... I think some kind of air of some sort so their parents are rich and you know that's just their MO and they look you know beautiful and they're super powerful so you know they just kind of walk among the students in their school with their noses in the air they kind of bully some kids you know and they're not the nicest bunch um but there is a young girl who comes in and she's 
you know, from a working class family, they're on scholarship, that kind of thing. And the boys, you know, take a notice to her because she's, you know, the odd one out in a way. And um, she stands up to the leader of the F4 group, which is Lee Min Ho's character. And of course, he's never had that experience before. So he you know, starts to turn her eye towards her in another way um, over time, basically just noticing how she, you know, stood up for herself to him, who is, you know, somewhat of a bully. And, you know, that's where their love story kind of forms from. I think the main character, um, John D., <laughs> she actually um, likes someone else in the F4 group. And that whole thing is, uh, you know, love triangle ensues. So it has all of your kind of classic elements. You have your love tri- triangle. You have your, you know, I don't, I didn't have second Melody syndrome, but maybe you might have second <laughs> Melody syndrome with it. Um, you have a wonderful um secondary couple with Kim Bum and um, Kim Soon. Oh my gosh. They were the scene stealers by far in that drama for me at least. They're a secondary couple though, but you know, Kim Bum's a part of the F4 group. And so, you know, it's, it has all those elements. There's a lot of intrigue and there's, um, you know, just school drama. There's rich people drama. Um, I think they travel to different countries at one point. I mean, there's a lot going on in this drama and I would highly recommend it. If you want, you know, a whirlwind of young teen, young high school drama. And, um, and yeah, I think it's a, a very good starter drama. The only issue for me with this drama was definitely the acting. I don't know what it was about the acting in this drama, but it was not my favorite. So it was a struggle for me back then when I watched it because I was coming from watching the original that it was based off of, the Japanese drama. So, which I am such a big fan of, highly recommend if you want to step out of K-drama and watch some J-drama, you should watch um, Hani Dori Yango, which is, I mean, has Hana Yori Dango, which is the Japanese um version of Boys Over Flowers and so good but either way the K-drama one keeps the plot the same characters are the same it's just the acting was questionable and but other than that has a great um OST um paradise almost paradise I mean that song in itself is the drama so check it out it is on netflix around 25 episodes um of course it's older like i said and so it look may look feel and look a little outdated but it's still a good drama to jump into if you want to get started um so let's go to my next recommendation and this is the drama that has a couple spinoffs and it is the reply series so Reply, um, the Reply series are basically right now three s- separate dramas. Um, one is called Reply 1997. The second one, I think, is Reply 1994. And the third one, uh, it may be final one, may not be final one, is Reply 1994. So in the title of these dramas, as like you can see, they're all um, kind of based in those exact years. 
such a good idea. I even think that um, America is planning on adapting this in some kind of way with like the 1990s or 99 I'm sorry 1999 or something like that I don't know I don't really follow American (laughs) television but um I do know that it's a great premise overall like I said that I think anyone would love to do it you know just kind of to go back because nostalgia is something that everyone enjoys and I think this is why this reply series was so popular in Korea um and the starter one, Reply 1997, by far is my favorite. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little biased. Only maybe because it was the first one. And I was just like, it was so new. It was so good. I mean, it was, it just kind of just took you there. So when you start watching the other ones afterwards, you're like, yeah, of course it's good. <laughs> but Reply 1997 was by far my favorite. And it's the first of the trilogy. And the cool thing about the Reply series is that there are based off of all new characters like they are you know new main characters and they're you know families and friends um I think there are cameos so like some people come back and you know make appearances but most of them you know they're all separate so you can just start and jump into any one and you don't have to watch them in order and you'll still be able to enjoy each one individually um but the premise is that they're set in this certain time frame, the 19, like I said, right now it's, it's 97, 94, 90, um, 1988. And in those times, it gives you kind of uh, just an idea of a snapshot of Korea during that time. So that involves, you know, things that happen in the, you know, news, things that were happening musically, um, you know, entertainment wise, all of that is kind of covered and explored through the lens of these kind of individual characters and their families and friends. Uh, Reply 1997 had, um, was, was really important because it was based on K-pop in that, um, in 1987 with so different K-pop first generation idol groups. So if you know anything about the different generations of K-pop, um, idol groups, then you might know a little bit about first gen, which was, you know, H.O.T. and stuff like that. So it's about a girl who is an avid, um, she's like a huge fan of H.O.T. and, that's kind of her world when she's a teenager. But the way that the Reply series works is that it usually starts in the present day when the the main character is older, um, you know, with her friends or with her family. And then this one, I think they start when she's like not like thirty in her thirties, and they're in a family and like a school reunion. And then it kind of like does like the flashbacking throughout the entire drama, so you get to see what's happening in their current day and their present lives. But it's all you know comparing it to what was going on, you know, when they, in the 1990s or 1997 for them. And such a great, such a great premise. If you just, you know, think about the outside of K-drama in Korea, it's such a great premise. Um, but yeah, so that is what the, the Reply series does um, in each of these years. I highly recommend each of them. Brace yourself for intense second male um, lead syndrome. I mean, it gets pretty rough. You're, you're just like, hey, how do I get through this drama without pulling out my hair? Um, no, seriously, they the characters individually are so well acted and so well, you know, so um, well, like they have their own worlds 
within this this you know this this world that is created in this 1997 or 1990 um, 1988 what well, doesn't matter what year it is each of the characters be it the main character or her friends or her fam like her mother or her father like they all have their these their, these distinct character um char- the character character characterizations that just fall, make you fall in love with each of them individually so you never feel annoyed when the story kind of goes to someone else's um and it's just wonderful and the first two one the first two 1997 1994 they do kind of rely heavily on the romance um between this younger you know character i mean female character and these guys or you know her friend that she grew up with all her life you know that kind of thing um so there's a lot based on like romance and they're very funny but on the third one 1988 I think they're kind of pulled back a little bit from romance in that one yes romance is in the um in that one but I think they definitely pulled back and they focus a lot more on family in that one which was also a great um which they also did a great job of. So like I said, the Reply series, they're all on Netflix currently. You don't have to start with 1997 first. You can go to 1994, you can go to 1988 based off of, you know, who you want to see, maybe. You can do that. I mean, they have a lot of um, K- K-pop idols as a lot of the leads in these um, in this series. And I, I don't know if the, you know, director did it on purpose, but their music is a very big part of these and the reply series so that may have something to do with it but I also you know have some really talented people in each of these series these episodes I mean sorry each of these dramas so you will never have an issue with you know acting or anything like that even though like I said a lot of the characters are played by um k-pop idols um so yeah, great, 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 great. They all kind of range around like some, I think reply, you know, 16 episodes, I think 1994 had, I want to say maybe 20 something episodes. And then 1988 had um, about 20, I think as well. So either way, all great. They have great soundtracks. They are, you know, giving you a snapshot in Korea of Korea during that time um so if you want to kind of have that little history lesson and go back to the 90s and the 80s with in Korea I think this would be a very good place for you to start all right and let's move on to one of my actual favorite dramas so this I can say um outside of Netflix is one of my favorite dramas um and it's called That Winter the Wind Blows um (laughs) dramatic melodramatic um just the title That Winter the Wind Blows um it's a very melodramatic um k-drama so I'm just gonna let you know that up front melodrama is is one of my favorites romantic melodrama at that so this is something that I was you know gonna be biased towards but it also has some of the best, you know, actors in the game, and it's written by one of the most popular K drama writers um, in the game as well. So it was just an all around kind of recipe for success when it was coming out. So um, it's about basically um, this con artist guy um, played by 
Joe Insung, and um, he pretends to be the kind of long lost brother of this heiress who happens to be blind. So she really does not you know, is not able to identify that that's not her, you know, long lost brother because she's blind. Um, and she, you know, is actually struggling with, you know, a health condition during this. So, I mean, there's a lot going on (laughs) to say the least. And they both have these horrible upbringings and, you know, he basically is in it for the money. And then in turns, Willie starts to care for her, you know, and more than a brotherly way, obviously. And, she is, you know, always skeptical of him and, you know, not sure if he's who he, you know, says he is. And she's right about that. And she ends up also, you know, kind of figuring that out, but falling in love with him along the way. So beautifully shot drama. When I say beautiful, I mean beautiful. It literally is in the wintertime. When it was airing, it was known for their wonderful coats and stylish like winter um, outfits throughout the drama. So it's just, and the main actors, you know, are gorgeous to look at as well. Um, So it's just wonderful. And Kim Bum is also in this drama and he is, I'm always biased towards him whenever he's in a drama. He plays the, you know, if there's a male lead, he's always the second male lead and he's always either, I'm not saying say second male lead, but he's always the best friend or the brother of the male lead. And he plays that role wonderfully. I mean, he is a scene stiller in that regard. And, um, yeah, it's really dramatic. Cause there, like I said, there's the drama of, you know, she's blind and yet she's being, you know, fooled by this man who's a con artist and is, you know, he's a gambler and there's, you know, a lot of, you know, intrigue and, you know, him running from people who he owes money to while also putting her in danger who has tons of money, you know, cause she's an heiress. So there's just like a lot there. Um, it's a beautiful drama. Like I said, you will absolutely love just looking at it um it has aged well as well I you know I've watched I probably watch this drama once a year um doesn't matter the time of the year if I feel like watching this I always got to find a way to watch it and it is on Netflix right now it um like I said it's written by one of the most popular k-drama writers in the game so and when I say popular um k-drama writers I mean, she, um, that is important for some reason. I feel like because it's a well-written drama, despite, like I said, it's super melodramatic, it still has beautiful lines in there. I mean, the way they fall in love, the acting, oh my goodness, the acting, the ending, cry my eyes out, you know, threw something at the TV screen, maybe at once, you know, every time I watch it, but so good, such a good drama, about 16 episodes, so it's not that long, but the, the way they tell the story, it feels like it's spanning a lot of time at the same, um, you know, in the same vein, but it's so good, not boring, always leaves you in like these cliffhangers at the end of each episode, you're like, what is that gonna happen, um, but yeah, well acted, highly recommend this drama, 
again, you got to be into melodrama though. If you, you want to, you know, if you want to start with this one, (laughs) um, so next let's move on to another one that reminds me of boys over flowers, but a lot newer. Um, this one was, I'm sorry. I, did I say that winter, that wind blows was around 2013. Like I said, not the newest in the bunch, but it did age very well. Um, also in that kind of 2013, um, I, I mean, you know what? I think there, these drums that I'm recommending are in order of release date. So this is making sense to me. Okay. So, so the, the next drama is called The Heirs. I think on Netflix it's called The Inheritors, I think, but I always knew it as The Heirs when it was airing. And it also was written by a very popular K-drama, um, writer i mean she wrote goblin if that rings a bell for anyone so that just should just just tell you <laughs> yeah she um is super popular and her dramas always do super well and um, this one was i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites but i definitely had a great time watching it and not because it was like funny or anything but it was super just it was it was it was all I, all the elements of a teen drama that has to do with, you know, big money again. So, like I said, it reminds me of Boys Over Flowers. It literally has Lehman Holt again as the lead. <laughs> so that's one thing. But it also was about these, you know, these students in this high school um, that are all super privileged and super rich. And they the school is so beautiful too like that's the other thing the school is beautiful like how they just operate their lives you're just like oh man these kids have it made and it's about a girl who's from the working class kind of situation again you know catching the eye of the main main character which is played by Lee Min Ho and and starts a love triangle with his best friend but turned into his ex-best friend they had a you know some kind of issue that happened you know and so now they're no longer friends so they become rivals for her love <laughs> and so prepare yourself for second male lead syndrome because Kim Woo Bin is the second male and oh, he's wonderful so that is um the premise for it so you're dealing with the same thing like I said a boys over flower but it's a little bit more updated so if you don't want to watch boys over flower because it just looks kind of outdated for you then this one might be a good one to kind of get that same feel for you dealing with you know rich kids and heiresses and you know the the working class girl all there all there and I also just think this drama there's a lot there with the actors like the outside of the drama when you would watch like the behind the scenes and things like that like they just had all had good chemistry together these all the actors so you really saw that on on screen between you know even if it wasn't just you know Lee Min Ho and Park Shin Hae who's the you know male I mean sorry lead female character even if it wasn't between them but you her and Kim Woo Bin their characters were great together even the background side characters all fun um they all had great little storylines and they had great chemistry with each other again you had some a lot of k um k-pop idols acting in this one all talented all did a great job so it's just beautiful people to look at um great acting all around um all the drama of a teen uh, you know k-drama so 
just what you would want if you were going to watch a, sh- a drama about teenagers who are rich at a super rich school. Um, it has it. So again, if you don't want to start with Boys Over Flowers because it just looks too outdated for you, definitely check out the airs. Um, would highly recommend. Okay. So if you're still with me, thank you. Because I think we are, this is the longest my, um, drama, my podcast has ever been. So I'm going to try to get this done a little bit quickly, quicker than I, you know, I am. So I'm going to speed up just a little bit. So the next one I'm going to talk about really briefly is the Let's Eat um, series. I think on Netflix, they currently have only two out of the three. Um, Let's Eat the original and then Let's Eat two. Highly recommend um, the first one, Let's Eat. Let's Eat two. Also great, but I'm a sucker for the first one. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but Let's Eat is a has the premise of, um, well, at least the first one about these four single people who you know live in this kind of complex together, and they end up you know joining. Oh, let me let me rephrase this. Let me give you a better synopsis of this. Okay, so Let's Eat um, is about four people, single people. One of them is the main female character and she's recently divorced, but she's happily divorced. So she like doesn't even care, you know, that she's divorced (laughs) and she's enjoying her single life and, you know, all is well. And then there's, you know, this new guy who comes into her neighborhood or in her apartment complex and he's quite mysterious. Like there's a lot of mystery surrounding his character, but he's very personable. He's um, charming. He's handsome. um, And he's a food like connoisseur. Like he loves food. That's one of his MOs. And I think she also loves food too. And they bond over that. So, you know, and they, and they also know, in their complex, um, another girl, a super like rich girl, or she used to be rich, I think, and then she lost her money or something like that. And then another lo- and another character who's a lawyer. So they all are to you know together. They all know each other based off of where they live, and they bond over food, and they all love eating. <laughs> and the thing about you know, and I think it's addressing in Korean you know culture, food, uh, you know, is something that you do with others, like eat with others. And in a lot of Korean restaurants, the drama is kind of trying to let you see that, you know, usually you don't just go in there by yourself in these restaurants that have like the family style serving, you know, that doesn't look right. So you, you have to bring people with you and, you know, being a single person, they're the single, you know, people, they're all kind of like that, something that they are self-conscious about and they struggle with. So, you know, they kind of join this little eating group where they can go and eat together. And so it's, basically about these four people eating together because you know they don't want to be by themselves in these restaurants and it's such a simple premise and you think it's going to be a little boring at the start honestly because you're like what are what are we going to do with this and when I tell you it takes a turn like there's a lot of intrigue about this kind of guy who's super charming super sweet handsome um and loves food he's super smart and like there's some a lot of mystery around him so it's like this thriller in a sense it's super funny as well there's like a lot of comedic moments um and then there's the romance there is romance that ensues you know kind of within this foursome so again great drama highly recommend prepare yourself to see tons of beautiful shots of food so if you're hungry watching this good luck um but it's super good um and like I said there's like a little you know 
thrill to look it's a thriller um so you, it's not what you expect up front <laughs> and there again let's eat too i i didn't enjoy let's eat too i'm gonna be honest as much as i enjoyed um the first one it kind of has the same premise and for some reason they have the same um same guy same actor same character who's the guy who you know is mysterious in the first series he's also in the second one reprising his role and I don't know if that's what bugged me a little bit I didn't like that kind of you know swap where you know he moved into this new neighborhood and he makes these new friends and it's the same kind of idea I didn't really enjoy that um I'm gonna be honest with you I liked him in his old neighborhood so I think that's probably why it wasn't my you know favorite but you could technically jump in and watch Let's Eat 2 without watching the Let's Eat first because it's like I said a whole new character is the only one that was prizing his role is this um guy who loves food and you know this is that just is his character so you can definitely make a swap I don't think it has that thriller aspect as the first one either which I really enjoyed so that may be why I didn't like it as much um but they're both both of them both um dramas are on Netflix currently I highly re- recommend the first one but you also have the second one there in case you do like the first one you want to keep watching more there is a third one that I have not watched and I just never had any desire to watch I'm gonna be honest with you but it's also not on Netflix so <laughs> um we don't have to talk about that one um so let's move on to Miss Singh uh, Miss Singh is Incomplete Life this one is um I think this one is, uh, it depends. It really depends on what you're in the mood for. To me, this is a very quiet um, drama. There's all that um, thrill and intrigue and, you know, melodramatic, you know, melodrama that some of the other dramas have. This drama, to me, just doesn't have that. It is on the quieter side. I mean, it literally is quiet. <laughs> but it's basically, ba- um, but it's based off of a web webtoon that was super popular at the time. And so when it was made into the, the drama, I mean, it did, I think it even was actually was made into a movie first, and then they made it into a drama. And um, it's so well beloved, the webtoon, the story, that it just did amazing as a drama um as well and it's it's a great I mean it's such a well-written drama I mean it does help that it had a kind of great story already intact with the webtoon um but it was it's basically about a um a main character who you know when he was younger he wanted to be like this pro um board game player I think it's a Korean game called Baduk. I think that's the name of the game. And he is a strategy game. And he, you know, wanted to be a professional Baduk player. He unfortunately does not, you know, do that. And so, you know, growing up, he realizes now I have to basically get a job and work like everyone else. <laughs> and so it's about his experience working as an intern and in this, you know, large company that he kind of you know works his way up because he knew some knew the right people um and you get to see all these other characters in this office and they all have their own distinct personalities and they clash but they also get along very well together and it's very um it's quite mundane if you just hear that premise it is I mean it gives you that feel that it's it's supposed to be about this mundane thing that 
unfortunately everyone a lot of people can relate to where you're just this office worker you're working this nine to five and it's about how do you you know navigate that world and move up in that world even how do you make friends and and grow you know despite that being your your existence this you know nine to five company worker so it again it just it it delves a lot deeper it does not just you know throw a whole bunch of you know exciting moments and drama in your face it literally is on the quiet side and it does make you kind of go inward when you start watching it It kind of makes you think about how you you know position yourself in your everyday work lives and I love that I love dramas when they get quiet like that (laughs) so missing is definitely a recommendation if you don't mind things on the quieter side if you kind of want to take a little you know do some inner inner soul searching about you know what it means to exist in this world (laughs) this will be a drama like that um of course well acted beautifully acted um lead actor um is played by you know k-pop idol he does a great job um M. Shiwan. He does a wonderful job. He's been acting for a while now, so I don't even know if people even know he used to be in a K-pop group. But yeah, he's wonderful. Um, you got Kang Sora, all wonderful actors. I mean, you have some some big hitters too, like some people who are well, you know, always well received. So it's just a well acted, beautifully done. You really you really connect with each of the characters, even though they're all different in their own ways. You really connect with them individually. Um, again, super quiet. So don't jump into this if you're expecting, you know, a lot of, you know, excitement and intrigue. This isn't the one, but it's very well written, beautifully shot, um, and wonderfully acted. All right. And let's see, how many more do I have left to go? I have two more. And Okay, let me get through these really quickly. These two I can do really quickly. So the next one I want to talk about is Oh My Ghost. It is. It was around, I think, 2015. Um, I want to say it's based off of um, a Japanese drama as well. I don't, I've never watched this, the Japanese drama. It's one of the saddest dramas I've ever watched. <laughs> I'm going to start with that. <laughs> one of the saddest dramas I've ever watched watched um the premise is basically um about this you know this young young woman who is super timid and she's quiet she doesn't very have you know she's she's not very confident in herself she doesn't have many friends um and she works this you know she works as an assistant chef at this restaurant but she's always getting yelled at and she just kind of like always burrows into herself and then um, and she and on to top it off she also sees ghosts so that's great um so that's why you know oh my ghost so she sees ghosts and then one day she actually gets possessed by um a, a I think she's like a virgin ghost so she's like super lustful in that she wants to you know revenge she basically wants to resolve her grudge so she can go you know to the afterlife she wants to move on to the afterlife and she feels like she needs to lose her virginity so she needs to possess some you know some woman to be able to do so so that she can resolve her grudge um and so she possesses um the other other character the main girl character um to resolve this and luckily the girl she possesses um she it has a crush on her boss who um I'm sorry yeah on her boss 
at the you know restaurant he's a very like um, he's a superstar chef and everyone loves him and I think he's like on TV and so everybody knows him but he's not like he's like a jerk at the same time and he's not the nicest to her but then when she's possessed by this you know you know lustful virgin ghost she has this kind of personality change on him and he starts to notice her and look at her in a different light and then turn you know a romance ensues between her and she does go in and out of herself so it's not like she's always possessed by the virgin ghost if that makes sense she also um is herself so he doesn't just fall in love with this other personality he gets to fall in love with her you know in these varying ways um so don't be alarmed by that but the you know comedy and hijinks ensue with this obviously and from the premise you really may think like this is funny you know this is a drama this is romance this is great this is fun I I'm sorry this is one of the best dramas I've ever ever watched and so I have only watched this drama once and I when I love a drama when I absolutely enjoy one you know I usually can rewatch it multiple times with no issues and this is one drama I have yet to ever rewatch because I felt like it was so sad um but I by far highly recommend this drama I think it was so good so fun so funny until it wasn't um and then you know there's the basic the non-funny side of it is this kind of um mystery and um, around the death of the virgin ghost that is the sad part so um just brace yourself for that to me i can't rewatch it based off of the the way this drama goes but it's again so well acted uh because you have someone who has to play two different characters in one so you know the play by park um bull young she does amazing doing that but you have kim Gi as the virgin ghost so you get to see her you know outside of the possession and um, if you can just imagine, one of the reasons why I think it's sad is basically she, you get to see her walking the earth um, and seeing her family um, still dealing with, you know, her passing and her death, um, as well as trying to, you know, realizing that there is a mystery to her death that has more to do with her kind of grudge of she died a virgin. You know, there's more to things that she has to resolve um so that is the saddest part to me and Kim Sulgi does amazing because mind you she's hilarious she's a very comedic actress when I see her she usually is very comedic and she does that in this drama but all while you know it's basically like smiling to keep from laughing kind of thing so whoo it's a heavy drama it sounds the premise sounds funny it sounds fun and it technically is it's a wonderful drama but it is super sad so if you're gonna start with this one if you're gonna watch this one embrace yourself okay um but it's so good so good um and i'm gonna end on this this list this episode with one more drama and it has ghost in the titles about the same thing in a weird way i think this was aired uh, maybe right around the same time i feel like sometimes that happens in create you know create drama land where you basically will see different networks you know having the same premise for at least one of their dramas where it's like everyone's going to be doing a ghost drama this 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 cycle and i feel like this was during that time um but this one's called um bring it on ghost or like hey ghost let's fight um and it's basically about a a young um, high school girl who 
whose ghost is roaming and she finds this you know this guy who can see ghosts and he's also an exorcist so she um ends up latching on to him because she feels like he has something to do with helping her figure out why she's wondering and why you know she's still you know just this on earth you know hasn't basically you know been free to the you know the next the next life the afterlife so she latches on to him and they basically fight ghosts together while also trying to figure out the mystery behind her wondering so quick premise about that one also a good drama it was on the scarier side I feel like the the ghosts they were fighting you know there's some scary like sides to this so I would say I would put this kind of in the horror k-drama world um but of course there's a lot of mystery because you're trying to figure out why the girl is ghost is wandering the earth and then you also have the fact that you know there is some romance involved with a you know a girl that's a ghost and um a wandering spirit and um this exorcist guy so really fun drama as well um super good uh definitely would say there's some horror elements to it so if you don't like that you might not like this one um but the the overall premise was good and fun and it was a mystery that kind of kept you on the edge of your seat so uh i enjoyed that element of it so yeah so i'm gonna stop here because this has been the longest episode i believe i think i'm at an hour with this episode and that's okay I think right <laughs> I think that's okay so yeah I think I'm over an hour here and I will end this episode now so I did just get cut off <laughs> I as I was recording um I recorded for so long anchor completely cut me off so forgive me there but I want to say that is all for this episode but please keep an um, eye out and an ear out for some new episodes um, maybe at the end of this week at the beginning of next week about some you know currently airing dramas that are now ending this week and I also am looking into doing some first impressions on some new dramas that are starting this week so definitely have a lot of content coming up also you want to keep a you know ear to the ground um, for the next um, parts of this list as I said this is just the beginning of a long list so definitely um don't end here there are more recommendations to come um, and I also have plans to do a very very long extensive recommendation um, list um, that has you know not the restriction of only on Netflix just kind of k-dramas overall that I absolutely love my you know best of the best have to watch this highly recommend dramas um and unfortunately they may not be accessible (laughs) because of that but I still want to give them some love so um yes keep an ear to the ground for my new upcoming episodes and I want to end here with just saying thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening I hope you have a great day so everyone It's been real. Lola's off.